Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International, Tuesday at 10 p.m. on ACB Radio Maine, or wherever you get your podcasts. Someday we'll find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers, and me. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Pride Connection. I am one of your co-hosts, Anthony Corona. I am here with Leah Garner, our vice president, and just all around awesome baseball fan. But we'll get into some of that a little later on. Uh, Not just a baseball fan. I'm a Boston Red Sox fan. Let's just put it out there on the air right now. Our special guest is a huge Yankees fan. I am a huge Yankee fan. And, and Gabe, Gabe doesn't, doesn't like give sports. A about baseball. Not so quickly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hello, everyone. Welcome back to another edition of Pride Connection. And um, Gabe likes sports players, by the way, but that's, you know, a topic <laughs> that's for a, a different, different show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, uh, I know I love one baseball player. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Anthony is a uh, baseball player but um I now say, wait a minute wait a minute he's a baseball player now well he's he was a baseball player <laughs> leah <laughs> so for me to me he I will always know. be a baseball player and i'm sorry miss leah you're you're alone because okay if i felt strongly about a team i would be part of that team but i love new york and <laughs> Now that I'm with Anthony, I I I I follow his team. So I'm. Sorry. You do know there's another team in New York, right? You could you could at least choose to be a Mets fan. You could make it a little less, you know, make it more. You could. You could okay. Make it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, Gabe, do you have a president's message for us? Well, as we are almost in the middle of August. It's it's amazing how time is going by. I was having a conversation uh, with a very dear friend this week, and we were talking about how it seems that time has flown by since March, but at the same time, it seems like we're stuck. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's a very it's it's a very interesting um, situation. I just want to tell everyone listening: be patient, hang in there. You know, keep a positive attitude, much faith, and we'll slowly but surely get through this. Not only us as a community within ACB, but as a country, as a nation, as a world, as an entire humanity. We will get through this. And um, BPI is always here. Pride Connection is always here. We are a family. And uh, we're glad to be able to connect with you in many different ways, Pride Connection being one of them. So welcome back to our show. And I want to send a huge shout out to my mom, who is having a Mm, birthday. And I wanted so much to share a glass of bubbly with her this year. But, you know, the life had other plans. The big boss up there had other plans. But um, 
many, many blessings to my mom. I'm not going to say her age. It is a milestone age, but I'm not going to say it because she's going to, instead of hugging me next time we see each other, she's going to probably want to strangle me. So <laughs> just a huge <laughs> shout out to my mom. And uh, let's get the show started. Well, let's um let's do a little bit of BPI housekeeping and let everybody know that they can find back episodes of Pride Connection at acbradio.org. Hit podcasts and look for Pride Connection. By the time this show airs, we will have had our first board meeting after the virtual, our first virtual elections. So we'd like to say thank you for all of the great service to Dennis Sims and Kevin Ratliff, and welcome Mark Hanahano and Jess Kell to the BPI board. And I think that's it as far as housekeeping. Leah, do we have anything else? I do not believe so. Things are pretty quiet right now still, and uh, I expect things will kind of heat up in the, in the next couple months as we start our uh, membership drive in the late fall, and then we... Uh, look at what we're going to do for convention in Phoenix next year. Oh, yeah. Well, speaking of membership, we are very proud and really, really happy to have one of our lifetime members who has recently reinvigorated his BPI membership. Please welcome with us Joseph Shenley out of New York, a huge Yankee fan. You know, there you team, go again. The baseball team, Joe. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> I'm done welcome. with it. I'm done with this program. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Anthony. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Gabriel. Hello, everybody. So, hey, Joe. Joe, why don't you give us the two dollar tour of Joe coming from you know early childhood through you know when you got to BPI for the first you know the first time? Give us the uh, Give us the $2 Ooh. tour of Joe. Okay, sit back and get a glass of wine, everybody. Beer. Um, <laughs> beer, more like it, exactly. <laughs> I, I was born visually impaired. I was in all mainstream classes through elementary school and high school. My parents fought for me for that. Mm-hmm. I went to college, and my bounced around programs. And one day when I was working in the bookstore... I took a lunch break, went out to get some pizza for lunch, and never made it back across the street because an old lady never saw me getting ready to cross the street. I was tossed up onto the hood of the car. I went right through the windshield, and I basically had enough severe brain damage that brain swelling, uh, contusions, everything else, you name it, that paramedics and doctors told my parents I only had 24 hours to live. And that was way wow. back when in nineteen ninety two. So then wow. so then after I did that, I was scared obviously to even ride in a car and then I would be walking. So a friend of my family said, Why don't you get a guide dog? And that September I took off from college and I got my first guide dog from the Guide Dog Foundation located in Smithtown, New York, and that was a game changer, a life-saving changer that changed my life forever in a day. That must have been quite a recovery process. Like, when you regained consciousness, was it a long road back towards, I mean, were there anything you needed to relearn? Believe it or not, nothing. 
Really? The only thing I I remember waking up in the hospital going, this got to be a dream. This got to be a dream. And then I hear the (laughs) nurses going, push him back down, push him back down. I'm going, what is going on here? So I had no Lexus restaurant of a car accident. How long after the accident did you did you wake up, Joe? Uh, about four days later. Really? Four days. That's okay. It. Wow, that that was fast. I know. Cause do you feel in your life like there is a difference between who you were prior to the accident and and afterwards? I will say absolutely because when before I was hit by a car, I had low vision, and then eventually after the car accident, it was a gradual decline, and I lost complete vision. So now I see absolutely nothing. So to mm-hmm. answer your question, mm-hmm. yes on that one. Was that optic nerve damage or? To be honest, you know, I went to specialist after specialist, and after specialist, nobody can figure out why my vision mm-hmm. went to nothing. So a little bit of frustration level, yes, absolutely. But as I like to say, it's in God's hands, and this is the hand he has given me to play with and deal with now. So, Amen. And you're alive. Yes, yeah, and I'm and alive. you're alive. Better, yeah. better than yeah. the 24 hours. <laughs> yeah. So we are blind LGBTQ, and we're definitely interested in all of the letters, A and P. But um, I digress, as I usually do, pride.org. Um, so let's just take a pause. And you were at Guide Dog School, and that changed your life. The accident also changed your life. At what point did you know that you were a uh, family, bro? I knew probably from when I, uh, when I was a kid when I liked to play doctor with my cousins and having them take off their shirts and everything. And when I used to be, and when I used to be on the swim team and used to like staring at guys' upper bodies and everything, I knew. But it took me a long time to finally realize what it was, and it was actually courtesy of my cousins who were also gay, not blind, but just gay. And I'm like, wait a minute, that's what I am. I spoke mm-hmm. with them first. They were actually the first ones I told, and they actually helped me come out of the closet and everything. So how do you identify now, and is it the same identification that you had when you first started figuring it out? I identify purely as a gay guy who wants to be with a man. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Did you go through a bi period? Did you do the whole, I don't, you know... I, I'm going to try to conform here, or did you, you know, once you kind of figured it out, that was it? And, no, you know, I never went through that type of period. I just, I said, okay, this is who I am. I'm not even going to attempt it in any shape or any form. All right. Rock on, man. So, guide dog school happened. You uh, tell us what was the name of your first dog, and you went back to college. His name was Laddie. He was a black lab. I had him for uh-huh. 11 years. He wow. was, as I call him, he was my college dog um <laughs> unfortunately as a lot of guys used to say oh he's a big magnet i'm like no not really he's a guy magnet but that's besides <laughs> the point in everything <laughs> and so we did that uh i went to suny farmdale finished my degree there then i went to cw post long island university and got my bachelor's in business marketing tried the business world for a while didn't like it i then started talking about being blind and guide dogs to start with my neighbor next door, who was a second grade teacher. And all the teachers kept coming in going, oh my God, this is all the kids are talking about you, 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 you. So then I said, all right, I know what my calling is. I wanted to become a elementary school teacher. I mm-hmm. went back to get my master's at Long Island University, CW Post. And in 
September of 2000 to December of 2000, I was student teaching at Chestnut Hill Elementary School, teaching second and fourth grade. And in December of that year, the New York Times came in to do a whole article about me. If you actually Google a teacher's pet and more is a guide dog, you will see a whole article that was on the front cover oh. of the education cent- section of the New York oh. Times. Oh, we're going to have to look that up. So you're not teaching now, so there must have been another bend in the road. What happened? There was another bend in the road, and that deals with the blindness issue and being in the elementary school classroom. Many teachers were very hesitant to have me, even as a student teacher, in the classroom. The parents thought it was a phenomenal idea. They thought it was better than any textbook education they could get because it was showing the children that you could do whatever you want if you set your mindset to it and everything. Mm -hmm. Mm So the parents were fully supportive of it, but unfortunately, administrations and superintendents were not supportive of it. So after three years of trying to become a teacher, I researched and did some searching and found the Statler Center up in Buffalo, New York to go into the hospitality field industry. And I said, okay, why not? What the heck for that? And I went up there after I got my second guide dog, Cameron from the Guide Dog Foundation, who is a golden yellow lab mix. And again, same situation, didn't come out, didn't like it, didn't care for the hospitality industry. So I found a job as a collector for a credit card company, believe it or not, which I actually enjoyed, but still wasn't a dream job of mine. So we went back to the job searching, and I'm somebody who, somebody tells me, no, I'm going to smack them in the face and go, yeah, I'm going to find a job. So I just got to search the internet, the websites, the newspapers, anything that I could find to get and find a job, I did. 2012, I ended up at National Industries for the Blind in Alexandria, Virginia, working there. My partner and I were not comfortable down there. He kept coming back to New York every weekend for doing his business as an interior designer. So he really wasn't making a full-fledged commitment, which made it very difficult for me. So then I was like, okay, I got to find a supportive group here and that's when I started researching and found American Council for the Blind and that's when I found this wonderful awesome outstanding affiliate of it BPI International and joined it and I said you know what this is it people like me here in every shape way and form and that's when I became a lifetime member of this wonderful organization. Awesome. I met you in 2014. I had kind of been away from BPI for a couple of years, just dealing with life or whatever. And uh, our previous president, Guillermo Robles, was leading BPI at the time. And I had gotten a call from him kind of asking if I wanted to re-involve myself. And um, we used to have a hotel group for people to socialize. And Joe, at some point before the convention in Las Vegas in 2014, you came on the group. And uh, that's when I diagnosed your um, weakness uh, in terms of your Yankee fandom. And um, we, (laughs) (laughs) we, we kind of, you know, I have to say since, since when we realized that we had that, that baseball bond, we were very good to each other. If the Red Sox were not playing the Yankees, we were very, we were very supportive of each other's teams. And uh, 
you know, neither of us had any success in 2014. And, uh, you know, we, we commiserated over that. I, I know 2018, when the Red Sox won the World Series, was your favorite year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you jo- you uh, became part of that Haytel group in 2014. And I know for me at that time, that Haytel group was incredibly supportive because I met a number of people through that Haytel group that, that ended up becoming part of my life. And, you know, that's what BPI does is kind of brings people together. Yeah. And now we have transitioned. We have uh, moved along with technology. And instead of a Haytel group, we have a WhatsApp group (laughs) that uh, keeps just growing and growing and growing. So everyone (laughs) out there who is a member knows about our famous WhatsApp after party group. (laughs) And if you're not a BPI member, um, definitely WhatsApp is one of the multiple channels through which we connect and one of the many, many perks that we offer for our members to uh, engage in conversation. And like we always say, you don't have to be LGBT. We welcome allies. As a matter of fact, we have many allies in our WhatsApp group. So. Absolutely. And we are a group that has varying viewpoints. We have varying life experiences. We have varying identifications. And um, we have some varying political views. And at some point, there was some, um, shall we say, spirited discussions around uh, the changing landscape in Washington. And Joe, you you took some time away from BPI, but um, we're really, really, really glad that you're back. What brought you back? Before I even go down that road, I just want to say that when I joined this group, that it is a life changing. It is so supportive, mm-hmm. so amazing. I'm glad that you used that word, Joe. I'm sorry to cut you off, but I'm so happy that you used that word because that is the word that I always use to describe BPI. My encounter with BPI was also, I describe it as a life-changing experience. So go ahead. It really is. The the friends you make with a virtual or meeting them in person, they're friends for life. Um, It's probably one of the best damn decisions I've ever made doing this group and finding this group. As Anthony was saying, uh, in 2016, I was one of the idiots who voted for the bozo who's now in the White House. And there's a particular wonderful member who is, I'm so happy we are now friends again. And I will say it, she told me so, that this guy was not doing it right. I am not a Republican or a Democrat. I am independent, and I thought because he was a businessman, he could lead this country better. And boy, was I wrong big time. And there was a lot of back and forth. I felt there was a lot of hatred because I voted for him. And so I thought the best thing to do was step away for a while. And then after being away for a little while, I was feeling very lonely. I was missing my wonderful, awesome baseball talks, even though she's a Red Sox fan with (laughs) Leah and everything. And so eventually with a little probing with Mr. Anthony, who I became awesome friends with, my New York brother and everything. I am so happy that I came back. And don't you, know, you don't realize what you have until it's gone and you're missing it. I would say sometimes BPI does really have that quality of <laughs> an extended family where there end up being differences of opinion 
uh, you know, there end up being squabbles and, you know, there end up being interpersonal issues. But you know what? Over time, it seems like a lot of those things work themselves out. And what becomes more essential is the the uh, the friendship bonds. They and the do community and, and, that ties everybody together. Yeah, the, uh, like you said, Leah, things work out. Mm -hmm. and, and I always say it, we are a big family. And, and just like a huge family, there's so many personalities and so many um, choices and uh, so many, you know, just amazing routes that we take that are not necessarily right or wrong. It's just different. So that's where we keep coming back to what unites us all, which is love and caring for each other. Now that you've been back for a while, Joe, what's, what's the same and what's, what do you see different about BPI? Well, the difference is we don't have that 30-second hate-tail thing that would only hold X amount of messages. <laughs> and if you weren't catching up on the messages, you would listen to these messages and try to figure out what the hell was everybody talking about here. Now with this awesome what's up, you, they don't get deleted after 30 seconds. You can go back and listen to the messages as far back as people have left them, which is a good thing and thankfully there are wonderful awesome people who have welcomed me back into this group with love and open arms that was one big issue with Haytel that i never understood is that 30 second message cap because it really made things difficult if you really wanted to have a discussion about something you know you were you were stuck because you could leave a certain amount there and then it'd be like, please try later. <laughs> you yeah, know? I think it was like two in a row, Lee. I think you could only leave yeah. like two or three 30 seconds and then that was it. And then if you had more than a certain amount of messages that you hadn't listened to, there was like a cap on how much you could actually have in your like in your Haytel data. I don't know what else to wow. call it. And then nothing else came through you know, until you cleared out your, your messages. So I really like WhatsApp much better. There's so much more flexibility. I agree. Do you know what I realized about WhatsApp? You can go back through messages if you really want to for months and months and months. I, uh, I was actually, wow. I was looking for a message the other day. Yeah, you can, it takes a while. Uh, WhatsApp is much more versatile. Now WhatsApp is not paying me for this message. <laughs> Or any of us. <laughs> it's much As more they say at the top of the show, opinions that may yes. or may not be expressed <laughs> on this radio have absolutely nothing to do with ACB in at large or ACB radio itself. <laughs> but anybody from WhatsApp who might be listening to this, we will absolutely talk about uh, any kind of partnership you'd love to do with BPI. But I digress, as I always do. Joe, so... You talked about um, Cameron and I, please forgive me, Laddie, right? Like, yes, like the Irish name. Yes. And then you had a wonderful, beautiful, awesome Ruben who recently crossed the Rainbow Bridge. And, you know, we extended some beautiful felicitations on our discuss list, another form of communication that is really popular with BPI. How are you doing? And, and what's going on now? Um, good days, bad days, mainly bad days. Um, mainly I will just, every once in a while, I will just break down and cry, maybe for like mm -hmm. a minute or so. Maybe because he was still so young, and I think more also the fact that he was still working, guiding me and everything. So, mm -hmm. um, it, honestly, this one's hit me the hardest. I mean, Laddie was 
12. He had some sort of mouth problem. Uh, Cameron was 16, uh, but he had arthritis, so he was well-retired and lived a good life and everything. But Alamo, he was just a little goofball that um missing tremendously. I have decided just to go through the process of going and putting my application in to start to apply for another guide dog from the Guide Dog Foundation. I like the fact that because of this pandemic, they are doing in-home training, which is probably about the only way I would go right now after having three dogs. I think those of us who have had dogs more than one all know how to pick up dog poop, how to clean the ears, how to take on and off the harness, all those commands. One would hope. Yeah, one would hope, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if not, then uh, back to Go the to class a convention there. and you might rethink that. But uh, Okay. <laughs> well, thank you, Anthony. Okay. That's a story in itself. We'll have to get to someday. Um, so I'm going through the process and everything. Um, I only have to submit my physical form, which will hopefully be back to me on Monday. And then all the paperwork will be submitted in for that. Well, from... Your BPI family, we uh, we are all here for you. We're all so glad you're back. And uh, if you have any of those one minutes, you know where to you know where to reach out, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, sir. So, Leah, it's a really short baseball season. You think your team is going to trounce our oh, team? What do, I'm going to be you really. Think the chances of this season are. I'm going to be really honest with you. Uh, the Red Sox have absolutely no pitching season but I gotta be honest with you I don't know I honestly think that this would have been the season for the Yankees I mean the Yankees have such a a power packed team this year Mm -hmm. you could see it you could see it at the end of last year how the Yankees were shaping up and to be honest with you you know from both sides I think to have a, a 60 game season is I don't know how you both feel, but I honestly think this year should have just been put on ice. And I, and I think the team should have, because to take a team like the Yankees right now, that's so power packed and to have this condensed season and then have, I don't know what kind of postseason because I don't know how stats are going to look, you know, in the future from this, this year, you know, on top of that, the Florida Marlins now like, 16 or 17 members of that team are are COVID positive. I feel very, I I feel extremely conflicted about the fact that MLB decided to hold a season this year. How about you, Joe? And then I'll throw my thoughts in. I I live and die with baseball. You cut me open, you'll see baseball falling out of me. (laughs) I'm I'm sort of (laughs) glad they did it, but I'm more with Leah and wish that they just put the whole season on hold and wait till next year again. You you know, what a stat's going to look like and well, yeah, I, I will must say, don't forget, we do have the expanded playoff format this year. So there is a good chance that you may make the eighth or seventh seed in the American <laughs> yeah, with your know. Red Sox there. And if my Yankees are the number one seed, then it will be Yankees-Boston showdown. What is Yankees' when record so you far? you wish upon a star. Sorry, I digress again. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What what is the Yankees' uh, record so far? Depending I, I, what they what they did with the second game of the seven inning softball doubleheader, uh, <laughs> it'll either be ten and four or ten and five, or eleven yeah, and yeah. four. I, I think Red Sox are maybe like four and twelve or some crazy. You're in fourth like place, that. you know, in the American League East. 
That's well, the American League East, aside from the Yankees, is is not so hot this year. <laughs> I, we must, and we, however, we must pick on the Florida Marlins, who have won six games in a row in first place in the National League East. Being a Floridian myself, I think I I, I should start rethinking this whole thing. I didn't know the Marlins were doing so good. <laughs> Well, let's see what happens uh, going and forward. And we have but, uh, and we have the stadium right here in Miami. We do. I can't it, wait nobody's to go going to a there game right with now. you, baby. <laughs> I cannot like wait. When they're all friends lovely, yeah. If Dan Spoon and Eric Bridges are listening to this show, uh, they must be enjoying <laughs> thoroughly enjoying this part of the show. <laughs> um, they have their own um, sport talk show. I think it's every other Saturday or, or yeah. I, I know it's on Saturday. I don't follow it because I'm honest. I like Anthony said at the beginning, I'm not a sports guy. Um, I used to love figure ice figure skating when I could see. Um, and I do have uh, having, you know, been born and raised in Honduras. I obviously I'm, I'm into the soccer culture, but not that I'm a huge, huge fan. But I want to I want you guys to explain me since we're, we're we're talking baseball right now. I want you guys to explain to me what is the difference? This question is going to sound very, very, very not so smart. <laughs> What's up with Mets versus Yankees? So I can make up my mind if I if I'm going to go with with oh Anthony's boy. team, <laughs> if oh. I'm going to go with another oh team, boy. Boy. or if I'm yeah. just going to open up or a can, I'm just going to be a Marlins fan. <laughs> did he just open up a can of worms on that one, Leah? Yeah, I know he did. Okay, like he Anthony abs- said at the beginning, just give me like n- not even the two dollar <laughs> tour. Give me the 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 twenty five cent tour on Mets versus Yankees. I dropped out of my mom wearing a Yankee hat. Um, and, <laughs> and have been a Yankees fan all my life. And um, there is one member of a very 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 large Italian family, my large Italian family, that is a is a Mets fan. It's just you know, it's Queens versus the Bronx. It's the underdog versus the power player. There's, you know, there's there's so much history. Okay, lines. so hold on. Who's Queens and who's Bronx? Who's the underdog and who's oh, the power Gabriel. player? Gabriel. Gabe, ah. you are really showing your you are really showing your sports. Uh, My sports uh, uh, illiteracy. Yes. Illiteracy right now. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, Leah. <laughs> Leah, you know, how many World Series participations slash wins? Have the Yankees had in uh, baseball? 27 <laughs> world championships. Okay, Going for number so I get the Yankees, the Yankees are the power player. And, and the I Mets. Believe, I know that they the only Mets, have two. two. The Mets won in 1986. Which broke, which broke Red Sox fans' hearts because the Red Sox came within like a couple outs. Of, of winning that game. At least and one out, if I remember correctly. There's that a little famous Bill Buckner player, ball. Bill Buckner, who, uh, you know, there was a, a play and, and the ball went right through his legs. Since the Red Sox won the World Series in 2004, I think Bill Buckner has been forgiven, but he spent 18 years in, in purgatory because of what, what happened. But, yeah, the, the, the Mets have always been the underdog. They, in fact, they were... The Mets became a baseball team in the mid, early, early to mid sixties. Nineteen sixty-two. Yeah, sixty-two, yeah, and they were a terrible team. Terrible mm-hmm. team. If you ever watch a Ken Burns baseball miniseries, there's a whole piece, there's a whole piece on the Mets and just how much they 
struggled. Well, and, uh, just to be honest with you, you, just to share with you how much I know or how much the subject <laughs> interests me. <laughs> um, I, I do, I do, I do enjoy the, the little music that ting, 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 ting. <laughs> I do like that. And I also, and I, and I also. I'm going to cry. I am going to cry. Me too. Why, the, 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 they no longer use that music? No, I'm going to cry because you're you're completely going off topic in terms of baseball. You're 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 just <laughs> No, and then and then and then I do I do I do want to someday go with Anthony to a to a, a a ball game, but I'm more interested in the hot dogs and beer because I know yes. that's huge. And I don't Absolutely. know if I'm willing to sit through nine innings. You see, I know. I know there's nine oh, no. innings. Oh no. You're going to stop right there because I'm going to tell you that Everybody catches the fever. Once you walk mm -hmm. in, into a stadium, mm -hmm. once you take that first sip of beer, once you you participate in that first wave, the you know, the stadium wave, once you do that seventh inning stretch, by the time you hit that seventh inning stretch, you are so invested. You're so in it. There's a mm -hmm. there's a palpable okay, right. magic that comes over <laughs> the stadium once the game starts. Um, okay. Absolutely. I'm not going to say anything else because I'm going to make Leah cry. <laughs> But no, then no, no, the last no, thing, even... and, and, pro and probably <laughs> this is going to, if, if you haven't cried yet, Leah, probably this is going to really put you in tears. The only reason <laughs> that I was thinking of not being Yankees but being Mets and making that decision today was because, like I said, I like the name because it's just like, you know, the Mets, like the Metropolitan Opera. So... <laughs> <laughs> which has uh, the, oh there are so many baseball fans that are cringing as you say that I um, know I, I but, know it, it, and, it just baseball nation sorry is just, sorry like, I'll be quiet the Mets get a really really bad rap I, I'm not a Mets fan but I'm not a Mets hater and they've never had the money to to truly compete you know on Yankee level They've never had the organization that they that they could have or should have had, you know, and they've had a couple of shining seasons, of course, 86, which is actually my very first World Series game, you know, was, was a shining beacon. But, you know, they fell apart literally the next year. There are a good amount of Mets fans, but the city of New York kind of ignores them, too. And then, you know, when they start rallying, they get a lot of support. New York will always, you know, New York will always support their teams. But then if they don't, you know, the difference between a Yankee season that has not produced a World Series, uh, you know, showing slash a playoff showing uh, versus a Mets season where you're so close and you just slip right out is that they've been abused. Absolutely, <laughs> thoroughly, horribly abused. Uh, you know, whereas it's, it's a lot easier to forgive Uh, you know, a Yankee failing. Um, and so, Leah, please take your stage comments because I could go on for hours and this is actually supposed to be the Joe Shanley show. <laughs> well, it's the Joe Shanley baseball show. But, you know, yeah. that, that's, <laughs> this is the first time we've actually had three people on this program who care deeply about baseball. And we're probably, we probably have people all over, you know, the, the country right now that are, turning a uh, switching ACB radio or, or skipping the rest of this podcast. But you know what? Baseball is truly, truly, truly such an American pastime. And 
I agree with you, Anthony, about going to a baseball game. Even if you're not invested in the team, there is so much like excitement and there is so much anticipation going on with the, with the people around you that mm-hmm. you care. Like even here in the Bay Area, when you know when I go to an Oakland A's game or or a Giants game, they're not playing Boston or anything like that. I just totally get into it because baseball to me is okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. I am not. Re- I am not religious, but this is my thing with baseball. Baseball to me is such a life metaphor because it is such a matter of luck in so many ways you know some days you get up you end up striking out three times and you feel like crap because you can't get anything right other days you know you hit that grand slam and you seem to hit every base and things just work out beautifully and the best thing is at the end of the day, you got a clean slate again. You get, you know, you get the chance of what might happen tomorrow. And with baseball too, you see so many underdogs that yeah. end up saving the day. And, and I love that about baseball. You got the guy who's like, oh, for 30, you know, who can't, can't, can't hit the ball to save his life, right? And then the bottom of the ninth inning comes and it's that guy that hits the game winning home run or the double or whatever it is. Since I was a kid, I felt that way about baseball. Leah, and then Joe, all-time favorite player? Oh, boy. Ooh. That's a, that's, that's a real rough one. Yeah. yeah, exactly. There are just too many. There are just too many good all-around baseball players. Right you know – Yankees, Mets, whoever it is, there's just way too many good ballplayers. I'm going to say Dwight Evans for Boston. This is a guy who almost did not make the major leagues um, because he couldn't get his offense together for a long time. And, you know, then he ended up playing for like, I don't know, 18 or 19 years. 19 years, yeah. And he was a solid player. He was a solid fielder he had solid offense you know he's not you know not not a player that's going to make it to to um the baseball hall of fame but you could you could count on him a lot of times to get the job done he was a you know a rock he he was very rarely injured and those kind of players I think so often get get overlooked. And also when I was a child and I was going through cancer treatment, uh, one of his sons was in the hospital actually with me. And um, so there's always been that little bit of a, of a tiny connection there. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to go with Dwight Evans. That's cool. Joe, can you, can you, can you give us <laughs> two or three? Two or three. Jeez. Two or three. About... I only had to give one. I know. Why? <laughs> <laughs> that, you know, don't, don't discriminate because she's a Boston fan, Anthony. Oh you know, what's the matter with you? <laughs> I think he's discriminating here, Leah. I know. Jeez, Anthony. <laughs> Man, you called me on it. I was trying to be subtle, and it's your show. You know, it's it's your guest appearance. <laughs> Joe, you were pretty upset when it was Derek Jeter's last last yeah. game. I remember you were yeah. pretty emotional about that. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think he was just an all-around yeah. sports guy in every shape, way, and form. A gentleman, 
was always afraid if he made a mistake, he admitted it. Um, that was a very I cried down his list when he when they after he got his base hit. I I cried when they took him out. I cried, mm-hmm. but I'm an emotional guy to begin with. So hey, that's besides the point. And him and Mariano and Pettit. I mean, they were you know that was the core four. That was the gentleman's club. Yeah, that was the gentleman's club. Wasn't Posado? Sure. Wasn't Posado also yes. part of that? Posada. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know. I'm, I'm going to feel way, we're putting game. We're putting game. I'm going to feel discriminated because <laughs> no one's asking me. It was my favorite player. Well, just so everyone, um, just so everyone in the spirit of fairness, uh, Gabe is a absolutely huge, huge, huge opera fan and a huge Mozart fan. And um, Gabriel, you're a Greek diva. Tell everyone who your favorite opera diva is, and uh, they can go and take a listen. I'm sure you're talking none other than Madame Callas, Maria Callas. Um, yeah, she's and she's a New Yorker. <laughs> yes, and she if is. I'm, oh my God, if I'm not mistaken, no, I'm not gonna go into baseball, but I, again, but I think I, I think her family was was some. Someone in her family was a, a baseball fan. Yeah, if 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 anyone hasn't had a chance of uh, listening to Maria sing, she's she's uh, she's definitely absolute perfection when it comes to uh, technique. You should listen to her sing because she is there. That will that will make you at least consider religion. Um, at least consider the idea that there's a higher power. Um, but then go to YouTube and, and look up a couple of interviews because this woman was not only a diva, she was the diva. That has, and she was that a true diva. Yes, yeah, a she, true diva. She thought you have to very highly speech. of herself. <laughs> when was she? When was her career? She was um, basically forties, fifties, sixties. Okay. And she died in 76 or 77. I think she died in September of 76. Uh, uh, but yeah, definitely 40s, 50s, and 60s, especially 50s and 60s. She was huge, and, and uh, she started off not being so light because she probably did not have the most melodious voice. But she brought, she brought a sense. Of, nowadays, the history of, of, of bel canto or opera singing is divided in AC and BC, BC and AC before Callas and after Callas, because she actually changed the way in which um, opera uh, was interpreted. Um, because she, she claimed very rightfully that opera singers had gotten, at, you know, the beginning of the 1900s up until when she came, had gotten into this habit of um, just, she called it a beautiful sound exhibition. Um, but she she said that opera no needed no emotion. Opera needed live emotion, uh, feelings, interpretation. So she said it's like it's like reciting while you sing. That's what mm. she said. Recitar cantando. So yeah, that's. Thank you, Anthony, for <laughs> for allowing me to. I could go on and on and on, but I'm no, not. No, you're going welcome. To. But as <laughs> as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking that that's you know a show idea that we should pick up at some point. But yeah, back to Mr. Shanley, Joseph, 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 
So you're back with BPI. You are applying for another guide dog. You also have an interesting career. Um, we were we were digressing off of the original topic of Joe's life, and we never got to talk about what you do now. Um, okay, well, first and foremost, I have a special person in my life who I've been seeing now. It was 11 years on Thursday, and Ooh. this Halloween, we are going to uh, tie the knot. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you, thank Congratulations. you. Thank you. And in terms of the job we are talking about, I will be completing year number five as a quality analyst working for Industries for the Blind who has a contract with another company who I am not allowed to disclose on the air, name, shape, or form. And I've been doing that for the past five years. There are four of us on the team. In 2018, I was made team lead, and I was joking with Leah, it just means <laughs> some more money and more BSing, and I, she said, well, it's worth it if, it's, if the money's there, and I said, it's 40 cents worth the BSing, and she goes, absolutely not, and I 100% agree with her. Yeah. <laughs> I reevaluated my opinion. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Leah. So I will be completing number four. Year number five on this job will be September 13th. We'll be entering year number six. And the best thing about the job is it is a work-from-home job. And since I am team lead, I can make my own hours. And as long as I get my evaluations done each and every day, I can work at 2 a.m. in the morning or 2 p.m. in the afternoon. And I have to be honest, even though it's not my dream job, I absolutely love the job. You're okay. You got to a point where you're you're okay. You're you're yeah. you're content with it. I'm content with it. I'm very content with it. If if the contract gets renewed, I, I would be absolutely happy. Um, be honest. If it doesn't get renewed, I would be devastated, uh, especially with this job market, with the pandemic and everything. And since this is the Joe Shanley Show, the Moi Show, I also am a big fan of cruising, as Leah should well remember, very well remember. And in fact, last year, Sean and I took our 10-year anniversary, and we went on a seven-day cruise around Hawaii. And you I were just about to go on an amazing cruise to celebrate your parents' yeah. 50th anniversary. We were supposed to go to Bermuda for a week, and that got canceled due to the pandemic. And hopefully by April of next year, if things go well, Joe will be celebrating his 50th birthday. Yes, folks, that's the big half century mark. 5 0. Please, please, no, no clapping, just send me money. Uh, we will be doing a 16 day Panama Canal cruise. You're a honeymoon baby, Joe. Yes. <laughs> so you must be entirely bummed. I know you guys do a cruise, at least one cruise a year. What do you feel about the post? the post-COVID, you know, when there's a vaccination, so on and so forth, you know, would you get on a ship now if, if uh, hmm. you know, if there were cruises going? No, I would not. No, I would not. What do you need to hear to, you know, to be comfortable to get back on a ship? I've already seen the guidelines that the one cruise line that I like to cruise with um, has put out, and after reading all their safety protocols and everything, I would be 100% ready to go on their very first cruise after this pandemic. 
how are they going to deal with until there's a vaccine and that vaccine's in wide distribution and it's effective, you know, we're still going to be, we're still going to be dealing with this. How, how are they planning on dealing with, you know, social distancing and things like that? Absolutely. Um, first, what they've done is they've uh, reduced the capacity on all their ships to mm-hmm. 50%. So that's going to be number one. What they're doing is they're also going to be monitoring you with the temperature checks. Every time you go in and out of a public area, every time you go on and off the ship and everything. Um, reservations are now needed at all the restaurants, including the main dining rooms and everything. You know, special limitations in the pool area, the spa area, uh, wherever the activities are, they are going to be limiting capacity on all of that stuff. But from what I've seen with the protocols and everything, I'm, I, I would be ready, you know, if they said they were cruising tomorrow, I'd be on the cruise in a heartbeat. But then again, as Leah, you will know, and Anthony, as you will know, I'm an absolute cruiser and love cruising. So right, I mean, you're, you know, you can't wait for that day. I just exactly. wonder, though. Yeah, I got to say, what would concern me is if somebody they found somebody on board that did have COVID. How how would they deal with that? Yeah, that, those are things that I'm not too sure you know, of how right. they would deal with it. You know, I, I think you know they got a whole quarantine area where they would go and everything. Every cruise line is. Doing, you know, has their own little protocols that are being imp- implemented and everything. So no one cruise line is copying off another and everything. So, uh, yeah, that would be an interesting thing to see how to see. But in general, from the safety protocols in general, considering no uh, body comes down with the coronavirus, I would be ready to hop on it tomorrow. I, I heard, I don't know which cruise line it is, but I heard that they're, one of the cruise lines is implementing, you need a negative COVID test within two weeks of and basically, you know, signing doc, you know, or uh, attesting to that you were not anywhere where you could have been exposed after taking that test before you can actually board the ship. And I think that that's a great, um, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's terrific. Well, I'm going to take advantage of this other opportunity for another BPI plug. Um, Obviously, this year we're having to go without, but um, another staple of BPI is our famous fall social networking event that we um, hold, obviously, during the fall. <laughs> and we do it to, you know, foster that in-person meeting and um, to do it outside of convention because convention is definitely one of my favorite times of the year. But it's so busy and everyone has so much on their schedule and we're all working and um, yes we have time around meetings but still we're there everyone has to wake up early for general session and you know there's a lot of work it's fun but it's work so we we came up with this idea years ago to uh, create this space this opportunity for members and friends and allies of BPI to get together on a just informal setting whether it be a weekend or long weekend or sometimes even a week um we've done a couple of cruises that have been very very successful and very um they have been very well attended by not only bpi but acb members at large this year we were looking at cruises again we were looking at a cruise because yeah people keep asking us about another cruise so stay tuned because most likely next year we're going to be working on a cruise for the fall but yeah We'll keep everyone updated, and um, we continuously work on on ways to connect, like like we've been saying. So stay tuned. 
And on push and cruising, you do get the most bang for your buck because that price does include your entertainment, your food, your beverage package, your lodging as well. So good bang for yeah. the buck there, folks. Yeah, we, we've, we've heard definitely that feedback. So, so, yeah, we always take into consideration all the feedback that we got. Now, Joe, I know there was a time where you used to do a, a little bit of, a, of work doing some travel agent. Yes. Uh, are you still doing that? Or? No, ma'am. And right now, I'm very thankful for that. <laughs> I would imagine. I think business would have slowed down. <clears throat> I mean, I have to say, uh, and I have, I have flown uh, since COVID. Back over July 4th weekend, I went to uh, Minneapolis, and uh, I'm actually going to uh, Miami in, in a couple weeks uh, to, to have a visit with, with Gabe and, and Anthony. Um but I mean, we are very excited. The, <laughs> it, it'll be a party. The airline prices right now are just bargain basement. I mm -hmm. mean, to, from San Francisco to Miami, it was like $149 wow, round wow. trip. Amazing. That is unheard of. Amazing. Unheard of. Completely unheard of. Not, unheard only, of. not only that, I mean, but also the flexibility that airlines are offering. Yes. Um, yeah. 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 When, yeah, when we all know that, you know, the last couple of decades has, they have just been so, so their oh, so policies, stringent, thank you, that's the word I was fishing for the right word, they've been so stringent, like, yeah. if, you know, there's a two, most airlines have been having a $200 penalty, change fee, just for changing, yeah. that yeah. is, that's it, in and of disgusting, that yeah. is, no, and that is, that is the base that is you have to pay two hundred dollars no matter what if there's a difference on the fare that you were originally booked and the then the fare for the day that you want to travel then you have to pay that difference on the fare so, so say if you purchase your ticket and now the, to fly the day that you want to fly now is 189 dollars more you have to pay 200 Penalty fee plus 189. So you have to pay. You might as well buy a new ticket. Might as well buy a new ticket. Might as well scrap exactly. that one you had. Yeah. yeah. But Leah just recently flew, and I flew this morning, actually. And and we can definitely attest to uh, at least American Airlines is uh, really really paying attention on yeah. the protocols that are in place are, are pretty damn good. Um, I, I flew if Sun you're out Country. There contemplating. You know, you can take it from Pride Connection that, you know, as long as you're following the protocols that are guidelined out for us, you know, it is probably still the safest mode of travel, actually. You cannot get into an airport if you are not wearing a mask. You cannot step no. into that airport. Um, there are 10-minute interval uh, uh, messaging coming out over, over the loudspeakers in the Miami airport saying that, if you remove your mask, you will be escorted out of the Goodbye. airport. Good. If, if Good. You, uh, and you will not be able to fly out of the Miami airport uh, during the COVID-19 situation. And while during, you're on the plane, while you're on the plane, same thing. I, I mean, they have announced, yeah, you need yep. to wear that mask. And I, I understand that the air on the plane is, is you know, is, is recycled, but... They're also doing a great job of socially distancing people. I know the flights I were, was on were not, they were not packed. Uh, nope. You know, they had space between people. So, I mean, I would not recommend anybody that is seriously immunocompromised or something like that right now dealing with COVID. I think that the airlines and the airports, quite frankly, are doing all they can. 
to make the experience as safe as possible. It's so good to know. I, I so am Leo, not. What's that phrase that you love when we're uh, at is this it point that time? in the show? Well, this was coined by by Dwayne Estes. I don't want to take credit for this, but time is a mean mistress. Yes. And <laughs> it. I guess we're there where we have to we have to begin wrapping up the program. Uh, Joe, do you have any final words you want to say before we close out? No, I'm just thankful to be back. And speaking of the sports, I think we should all fly down to Miami and get Gabe into the baseball game. Heck yeah. <laughs> Pick a weekend where there's a Yankee Sox series, and then he'll definitely get into it. I, that's a better idea. He Good won't idea. Be able to, he won't be able <laughs> yeah, to resist. We'll, we'll come up to New York for that, for sure. <laughs> for sure. I do want to close my uh, part as co-host by saying isn't this wonderful what uh, we all just heard typical case typical scenario in bpi and in any family we have so many different opinions and so many different <laughs> fan bases and so many different personalities but at the end of the day we all wrap up with we embrace our differences and we wrap up with love and respect and and that's the beauty of it, it really absolutely is. If you want to reach out to uh, Blind Pride International, you can find us on our website, blindlgbtpride.org, or you can send us an email at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. Thank you so Gabe. much for joining us. We'll be back again next Tuesday night, or you can find the podcast on ACB Radio Mainstream. Click podcast and look for Pride Connection. Gabe, any final thoughts? Thank you all for joining us again. Thanks, Leah. Thanks, Anthony, for co-hosting. And thanks, Joe, for joining us tonight. Happy to do it. Anytime you guys want me on, feel free to call me. Go Boston. Thank you for listening to the show. We'd like to invite you to send any comments, questions, or just join our conversation. Email us at membership at blindlgbtpride.org. That's membership at blindlgbtpride.org. And join our conversation. You have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. They will find it, the rainbow connection, the lovers, the dreamers.